back to another episode of Inquiry, a podcast geared towards students where we discuss all things related to tech from school to industry. My name is Annie. I'm Harry. And together, we are your co-hosts. This episode is part of Inquiry's focus series, Tech During High School, where we interview high school students on their amazing achievements in the tech space. Stay tuned to learn more about opportunities you can take as a high school student. For today's episode, we are so excited to introduce Hannah. Hannah is a grade 12 student at Colonel Bay Secondary School in the IB program. She is passionate about innovation and technology, specifically in the areas of web and app development. In the past, she has created an app called Eat Aware, a healthy eating app that won Technovation Girls re regional winner and international semifinalist. She has now worked as a front-end developer for Laytonia and a networking intern at Nokia Labs. In the near future, she hopes to study computer science in university and receive more hands-on work experience, turning passion into purpose. Thank you so much for joining us. And once again, Hannah, would you be able to start off by telling everyone else a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So as, as you mentioned, I'm a grade 12 student right now, so I'm really focused on my studies at the moment. Of course, on the side, I'm really passionate about tech, and I have been for the past three years. It's actually been kind of an ironic journey how I got into tech. My first computer science class in grade 10, and I dreaded it, actually. I really, really hated it. Um, I think I was one of the only girls, and so as you can imagine, it was really hard for me to make new friends. It was also my first year at a new high school, so you can imagine it was just, it was not a fun time for me at first. And I just thought that computer science was not for me. But throughout the year, I gave it more thought and I kept on trying. I kept on working at it. And eventually I, I just fell in love with it and I really, really loved it. And it got to a point where I was like coding in my free time, creating new projects on the side. So this eventually led me to join Technovation. Technovation is a great program for girls that provides them with the resources uh, to create innovative solution to real world problems. And yeah, it really paid off since we got a regional winner for both Waterloo and Ottawa, which is really exciting. And we moved on to the semifinals. And unfortunately, we didn't make it to the finals, but that's okay. I was already really pleased with the results. After Technovation was complete, I decided to apply to Nokia as a intern for the summer. And every year they have like specific requirements and a certain application process. I know in past years, the application process was like a video talking about yourself, but this year they decided to change it. And this year's requirements were to submit a video of a project you did. So obviously I was really proud of my project, Edoware, and I decided to apply with that. And I was so lucky to be able to get an interview and even be selected to be a intern in the summer. So yeah, that's how I got there. That sounds amazing. Uh, you have some really great experiences that I'm su super excited to dive a little bit deeper in and break down. Uh, but why don't we start off by talking a little bit more about your school life currently as a grade 12 student. It must be very busy for you around this time of the year. Um, you mentioned you're part of the IB program. Could you tell us a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, for sure. So the IB program is actually a two-year program from grade 11 to 12, but students are typically admitted to the program in grade 9 or 10, depending on which year you apply, because in grade 9 and 10, they go through this process called pre-IB, which essentially prepares students for the upcoming IB program in grade, grade 11 and 12. 
So what the IB program is, it's an international program that essentially requires students to complete six two-year courses in either the levels of standard level or higher level. And I really love this program because it allows you to dive deeper into courses that you love and learn more and beyond the typical Ontario curriculum, which I'm a big fan of because I love to learn and it was just really exciting when I got admitted to it. But I will say that with the IB program, it can be really stressful because you're learning all eight courses throughout the whole year. So it really pushes you to have better organizational skills and time management skills as a student and helps you to helps you to grow to become a well-rounded person in general, I feel. And another thing with IB is that they require you to complete CAS activities, which CAS stands for Creativity, Activity, and Service. So essentially what this does is IB requires you to complete, I believe, two activities in each section. So two creative activities, two volunteer service activities, and two active activities, I guess, which again, I feel like it really pushes you, um, because it's a requirement, it pushes you to do new things and learn beyond school, which I feel like is really, really important. Um, and yeah, become like a well-rounded person. Absolutely. And and speaking of, you know, doing stuff outside of school and becoming well-rounded, could you tell us a little bit about what kind of extracurricular activities that you're partaking in? Yeah, for sure. So I feel like I was one of those students in the beginning of high school who didn't really do anything. And uh, you can just imagine that I freaked out and I think grade 10 and the beginning of grade 11, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't have any extracurriculars. I need to get started. But I mean, throughout high school, I always did a few clubs. I did junior achievement. I did DECA for a bit and a few other small clubs like feminism club and art club, as well as an initiative club. So outside of school, I am the marketing director for PTC Ottawa. I'm also the logistics director for Women in STEM Ottawa. And on the side, I love to tutor. I love tutoring so much. I have been a mentor for Auxilium for the past few months, and I really loved it. I also, on the side, I run a nonprofit called Canada COVID Initiative that essentially runs food drives and shelter drives for those in need, especially during the pandemic. I feel like it's been it's been a really hard time for many people in the community. So I decided to start that with a few friends. I'm also the student ambassador for Technovation since Technovation was a huge milestone for me in my tech journey. So I want to help out as much as I can for the upcoming season. So there's that. And last year, I also worked part-time as a front-end developer. I no longer work for them, but last year I did spend a bulk of my time working with Leitana as a front-end developer, working with professors and students at McMaster to create solutions to help women who experience postpartum depression and anxiety. So essentially what I did at Leitana was I would regularly meet with and communicate with these professors and students to get an idea of what they need in their websites and make them into a reality. So my job was to work with UX designers to create wireframes for for new projects and websites and then code them into real functional websites. Yeah, I had a great time there. No, that sounds incredible. And you're so, so involved in your broader community as well. Could you tell us a little bit more about what your day-to-day schedule looks like then as a grade 12 student currently? Yeah, so at the moment, school is really busy. School is really busy as a grade 12 student, especially taking so many courses all at once. But a typical day for me, um, in the morning, I would wake up and 
I'll go to school. And I guess it's kind of funny, but for us, our commute is an hour away uh, to school. So it's quite tedious, but it's okay because I feel like it's worth it for the program. And then after school, obviously same commute back, it's an hour long. Um, and then once I get home, you can imagine it's already like 5 p.m. And yeah, that's when I start my studying for the day. And I feel like as a student right now, um, taking so many courses, it's quite quite stressful because of such, such a large workload um, on top of so many extracurriculars. But I always like to remind myself that it's okay to feel stressed out. It's okay to feel like you don't have enough time, but as long as you work at it, everything's gonna be okay. And you'll eventually make it to the end of the finish line. So I guess that's my typical day, pretty stressful. But again, I love what I do. I love learning and I love my extracurricular. So it's really worth it. And I really love that mindset you have. Do you have any tips in terms of managing time for students? Yeah, for sure. So I guess for me, I've always been like pretty organized, I would say my whole life. But recently, some tips and tricks that I find are really useful um, is definitely like it sounds pretty generic, but I'm not joking when I say this use a calendar like I feel like no one uses no one actually uses their calendar but use your calendar mark out the days that you have tests or assignments do mark out your extracurriculars just kind of map out everything you have to do and I know it's gonna sound like overwhelming it might look overwhelming at first but if you really take it day by day you're gonna see that having a calendar really benefits you because you never get lost and you just you always stay on top of your on, on top of your studies and it's worth it. Um, but I guess another thing for me is I love making checklists. I love making daily checklists. So for me, I either love to use like Google Keep or um, even just my notes app or like uh, reminders on my phone. I love just setting up a little day-to-day checklist. And then as I go out, as I go through the day um, and complete my tasks, I just check them off. And they disappear and it's really satisfying actually so I guess those are my two biggest tips. I think that's amazing thank you so much for sharing and let's pivot a little bit into your journey into tech. Now you mentioned earlier having taken that first grade 10 computer science course um, but could you dive a little bit deeper into how exactly you discovered your interest in technology? Yeah so I feel like this is how most people get into tech maybe not all but I know a lot of people who get into tech this way My mom was the one who told me, you need to take this computer science class. I mean, I was just like in grade nine. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was deciding, oh, maybe I should go into med. Maybe I should go into business. Tech, maybe. I don't know. I had no idea. Um, But my mom, when course selection came along, she was like, you need to take computer science. Like, you, you never know. Like, this could be your passion. You have no idea. And I was actually really against it. I I argued, I just, I was not for it. <laughs> um, but I guess this was mainly because I didn't know anyone who was taking it. I didn't even know. I feel like there's a lot of stigma around coding as well. I was like, I don't want to be a coder. I don't know. I just feel like I was really against it and I shouldn't have. I should have had a better mindset. But little did I know, <laughs> taking computer science is probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. So Um, Like I mentioned before, I had a hard time getting into computer science because I didn't know anyone who was in the class. I was one of the only girls. I was at a new school. It was was a really hard time for me. But 
I feel like I decided to give it a try and I realized that coding and just computer science in general, it really aligned with a lot of the things I loved. Um, for example, I love math and coding itself is really logical and it's all about problem solving. Um, so that to me was really fun and I loved it. And another thing is coding gives you the ability to really bring your imagination into your reality. Like for me growing up, I loved arts, I loved dancing and I loved music and just all these things. Coding really lets me pour my creativity into projects that actually are able to help people. And I feel like that's what's really beautiful about computer science is that not only does it let you use like these computational skills that you learn in math at school and science, but it, there's also this creative aspect to it. And so for me, it just it just fit like a puzzle. Like it was everything that I ever um it was everything that I ever wanted in a passion. And yeah, I would say that's how I got into computer science. That's really inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing. And talking about, you know, projects that can actually make an impact and help other people, let's talk a little bit more about your project at Technovation. Could you walk us through the process of how uh, you put this together? Like, were there mentors there to help you or were you kind of self-guided throughout the process? Yeah, so every year Technovation starts in around January. And in January, what Technovation does is they recruit as many girls as they can and they pair you up with teams and mentors. So I, be, I believe for the typical, I believe Technovation typically groups students by school. So a lot of schools register together. And in that, in that circumstance, uh, teachers are usually the mentors. Um, I was really lucky actually for me. I was invited by one of my friends in Waterloo who already had a mentor. So I did not do technovation with my school, but I know that's how students typically do it. And so I know that they have like set up that if students can't find a team or can't find a mentor, they have tons and tons of mentors available and tons and tons of teams who are looking for students to join. So if that's something you're interested in and you're worried that you can't find a mentor or can't find a team, don't worry they got it under control. Um, student ambassadors and all the regional ambassadors work to make sure that no student is left behind without a mentor or a team. So uh, there's that. And like I said, Technovation starts in January. And so once all the students have found their teams and mentors, it's time to get started. So Technovation, essentially what they do is they host regional workshops for regional workshops, I believe, either I think it's I think it's every week which is quite a lot so they host workshops that teach students step by step what they need to do to complete their project so um, for students who didn't have any coding ability they would teach them the basics of using app different app builders like Thunderbolt and um, App Inventor and so they would teach the basics of that to get started and then week by week they would teach them new tricks and tips um, to create different functions in their apps and um, teach them new techniques to implement new ideas and new features into their apps, and which I think is really cool. And there's also the business side to Technovation. So besides just teaching students technical skills and um, different techniques to create apps, they also have different workshops for uh, the entrepreneur side of um, Technovation because Technovation isn't only about uh, creating apps, it's also about creating your apps into startups. So 
we have a lot of different workshops surrounding that and teaching you about marketing and how they can start their own brand, which I also think is really cool. Yeah, so basically throughout the Technovation season, each week they'll present to you a different workshop and then gradually students will be gaining the knowledge of what they need to do to create and finish their projects. And then once April rolls around, it's time to submit to submit the projects. And I know that that's a really stressful time for Technovation competitors because because it's actually kind of difficult to submit a project. It's really hard because I know that working with the different app inventors and Thunkable is kind of difficult to submit a project. And especially since a lot of apps require using different databases and um, sometimes even AI, it's really hard to just tie it all together and hand in a project. This is not like, this is not like one file. It's not like um, something really simple. It's quite the process. So I know that that is where it gets a little bit stressful, especially since Technovation also requires teams to submit a pitch video, which is essentially a video that pitches your startup and what it's all about and where you got the idea from. Technovation also requires students to create a demo video, which is just a video of um, a video walking through the process of what your app does and how it works. So those are also another two um, submission requirements that girls have to hand in. Um, but yeah, after those are all submitted, it's time to sit back and relax. And um, we, after, after the submission process, the semifinalists are announced, I believe, approximately a month after. I'm not too sure about that. Um, and then I believe a few weeks after that, finalists are announced. And it's all just really exciting. Technovation hosts a lot of different uh, celebrations at that time to celebrate the semifinalists and finalists. And it's, and it's a really fun time. It sounds like a really fun time as well, just listening to it. Uh, would you be able to elaborate a little bit more on the roles of the mentors? Let's say you get stuck on a coding concept. Can you go to them? Yeah, of course. So the mentors, I feel like, really make this um, program possible because as students, a lot of us don't know that much about code. And it's really important to have someone that you can always go to for these, for your problems. So for me, my team, we were really lucky to have such a dedicated mentor. He would actually um, meet with us every week. And as we would code, he would always, he would be, um, he would be, he would be on standby um, for if we had any questions or if there were any bugs, he would always be there to the rescue. So that was really great. And I know that a lot of teams uh, don't always meet with their mentors so we were really lucky to have that but I do know that every mentor is always ready and always available to help students whenever they need help. Another thing I would like to just mention is that during the workshops that I mentioned before students aren't able to get hands-on help from the speakers at these workshops so it's really important. The roles of mentors are really important in the process of tech innovation because they're actually who students go to for help. After learning from these workshops, um, if students have any more questions, it's typically the mentors that they go to. So big shout out to all the technovation mentors out there. Absolutely. And thank you for clarifying that. Uh, now pivoting to your experience at Laytona, could you tell us a little bit more about how you got involved? So after technovation, I decided that I wanted to look for more opportunities on how I could use my skills to help, how I could use my skills to kind of code to help the community. Uh, it sounds pretty generic, code for the greater good, but I really mean it. I really mean it. So at the time, Laytona was looking for 
front-end developer to help out with their upcoming projects. And my sister actually works for Leitana. So I was really lucky to be able to work under her and get this position. But I know in the past, Leitana has always been really open to high school positions. Uh, I'm not sure if they have any positions open currently. But yeah, Leitana was such a great experience to work with. Amazing. Yeah. And let, let's dive a little bit deeper into also your experience with Nokia. Uh, sounds amazing. Could you tell us a little bit more about the process, the application process for it? Yeah. So every year, Nokia hosts a future tech internship program here at the Ottawa location. And it's it's a really awesome program. I'll just throw that out there. Um, it's really awesome. Essentially, what it is, is it's a two-month program in the summer for students who have just finished grade 11 and are entering grade 12. The reason why they host this program for this specific age group is because what they really want is they want to give students the opportunity to learn about tech jobs that students um, learn about tech jobs that that we always talk about and um, always dream about being one day. But they actually give them the opportunity to get the hands-on experience and get the experience of working um, in a real tech company um, before making this final commitment and saying, hey, this is actually what I want to go into, which I think is really great because I feel like a lot of students today are always saying like, oh, I want to be a doctor. Oh, I want to be, I want to be a programmer. But like, is it actually what you want to do? That's what this program essentially helps you answer. It helps you determine if that's actually what you want to go into. And so more about the application process. The application process I know in the past has been submitting a video talking about yourself and your coding experience, but they actually changed their requirements this year. And starting from now on, it's going to be a video talking about um, either projects that you have done or talking about any technical topic at all. So if you want to apply and you don't have any projects, don't worry. You can always just research a technical concept that you're interested in and talk about it to them. So the video requirement is a video on either of those two topics. And I believe the video has a time limit of one minute. So not very long at all. You really got to pack in all the information you can in that video. On top of this video, obviously they require like a report card, evidence that you are indeed in grade 11 and a few other documents like what courses you're going to take in grade 12. They don't specifically have any requirements for coding experience or like um, they don't require you to have prerequisites like the like taking computer science in grade 10 or 11. Uh, they don't have any of that. They're really open to all students, really. So don't worry if you don't have any coding experience or projects like I mentioned before. So once you create your video and have all your files ready to go, the application process takes place in March. After March, I believe they take a few weeks or up to a month. I'm not too sure. I think it was around three weeks to get back to those who got an interview. So if you got an interview, you'll probably hear, um, if you got an interview, you'll get an email from the Nokia Future Tech email and they'll schedule an interview with you. After the interviewing process, I believe, I guess same time, I think it was around another few weeks before they finally got back to those who received the job offer. And yeah, I believe that's the whole process. Thank you so much for sharing more insight onto that. And now, could you tell us a little bit more about what you did at Nokia? Yeah, so it's actually really interesting because each intern is assigned a different job. So I remember in my interview asking like, oh, can you describe a typical day at this job? And 
um, I remember my my manager, she literally told me she was like, I can't because every student gets a different job. I can't predict what job you'll get. And so I was actually placed on the networking services team at Nokia, which is an international team that deals with troubleshooting a certain type of routers at Nokia. Essentially, what I did is I would I would perform small tasks on a day-to-day basis concerning routers and different troubleshooting. So for example, I would go through and clean out routers using software, cleaning directories and sorting them and creating new files where, where needed. I would also go through different routers to collect information that the, that the team needed and didn't have time to go out and find themselves. And Nokia is always coming up with new routers and new, new products and calls are always going to be in place. So another big task that I was tasked with was creating different videos on how to fix different routers and how to insert new cards into these routers for new employees. So yeah, I would say the bulk of my time was definitely working with routers on this networking team and as well as creating videos to help new employees. That's honestly so impressive and that's really cool of an opportunity. What kind of tech did you work with or, or tool? What's your technical toolkit? <laughs> so at Nokia, I working on the networking team, I had to work with different routers. But this year, since it was virtual, I wasn't actually able to go onto their campus and work with real routers hands-on. Instead, what I had to do was I would use Nokia's networking software, but then on the side to perform other tasks, I had to use different things like Wireshark for packet sniffing, a bit of Linux, and overall just using like command lines, command lines to perform tasks in the routers. Yeah, I think that's that sums it up. So did you learn these technical uh, skills on the job or were they, these something that you came into the job already knowing? Yeah, so I feel like Nokia actually doesn't expect students to know like any technical technical skills at all. And I feel like since at school, students are only like those who do take computer science classes are only really taught a very like a very limited range of technical skills. So that was me. I did not know any of these skills. I never looked into networking. I didn't know much about the networking world at all. So I really didn't know any of these skills. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to packet sniff. I didn't know how to use command lines. I didn't know how to work with routers at all. Um, and that's okay. That's the whole reason why I was there, right? To learn more about it. And so I would say I definitely did not have those skills, but every day I would learn more and more and learn new tricks on how I could complete my tasks faster. And I went in not having the skills that were required for this job, but I would say that I definitely left having these skills and learning from such an incredible networking team. That's really great to hear. And do you have any advice or recommendations for high school students also interested in finding either summer part-time jobs in the tech industry? Yeah, so I would say definitely do your research because I know for a fact it's so hard to find tech co-ops and tech um, jobs over the summer. And, but I do know that I, I believe for the OCDSB, they do have summer co-ops. I know that they have summer co-ops with different tech, small tech companies, which students can do in the summer. But I believe these are not paid because they're more so, they're, it's essentially a course, so students get a credit for it. But if you are looking into getting a tech job that pays, definitely do your research and look for these internships online. I know that there's quite the variety, but for me, 
I feel like I really wanted Nokia because this program was made for students in my exact scenario. And so I feel like it, it really fit for me and it was something that I really wanted to do in the summer. Awesome. And on a broader scale, do you have any advice for students in general who are interested in technology? Yeah, so I would say I feel like technology is one of the broadest fields out there. And so if you're even just slightly interested in technology, but you're scared that you don't want to be a programmer or you don't want to spend your life coding away, don't worry. Like, I feel like there's so many different jobs in tech. It's not just programming. It's not just software development. There's so much that goes into it in every little detail in tech. There's so much that goes into it. And so I feel like, so I guess my advice would be if you're just any bit at all interested in tech, definitely give it a shot. Take a computer science course. Take an online course if you don't have the opportunity to take it um, in school. Even go on, even go on YouTube, like learn more about tech and learn about all the different branches that there are in tech and see if there's something that really calls to you. And if there is, that's that's great because I feel like tech really gives people so many different opportunities to create, like I said before, and really make a difference in the world and a really rewarding career. Absolutely. And just like that, we're going to head into the last question. Uh, what's next for you? Where do you see yourself heading into in the tech industry in the future? Yeah. So since I'm a high school student right now, at the moment, hopefully graduating, <laughs> hopefully graduating. But after high school, all jokes aside, after high school, I plan to go to university for computer science or software engineering. I'm not quite sure which one I want yet, but definitely one of those two, or even a computer science and business double degree. Technovation really taught me a lot about entrepreneurship and business, so that is something that I also want to look into. But I would say I definitely hope to go to Waterloo for one of those programs. I've been hoping to go to Waterloo for a long time, so that's something that I would like to achieve. But then post-secondary, <laughs> after university, I definitely want to continue working as either a front-end developer or a full-stack developer and continue creating and coding cool projects. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I uh, hope to see you around at Waterloo and best of luck in your future journeys. Thank you once again so much for all of the incredible insight and wonderful information you've shared with us today. This concludes Season 2, Episode 1 of Inquiry. We hope you enjoyed. Thanks for tuning in and having us be part of your journey to code your future. Make sure to follow us on social media to stay in the loop and for a chance to have your questions answered in our next episode. See you there.